Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. Since a few years, the tech industry is facing growing criticism concerning the way its players are communicating with the world outside the corporate bubbles. You know, I'm talking about communication with customers. Criticism is centering about hollow messages that are repetitive, non-individual and polished until they are indistinguishable. I myself was once approached by the CIO of a customer asking me after watching corporate YouTube videos, tell me, are there still people working in tech or are all of them exchanged in the meantime by robots or assimilated Borg reciting tech slogans and bumper stickers? Well, there is no doubt that the way tech communicates is often a self-made barrier for customers finding the case concerning enterprise applications. What should help becomes a burden. That's why I'm happy that after half a year of planning and shifting, I finally got a hold on Sarah Yvonne Elser. Sarah is a familiar face in Germany from her past as a presenter in television, who has moved into consulting in all communication matters for tech companies. But she's also a podcast host herself, has her own video channel on YouTube called Tech Well Told, and has become the face of Mercedes-Benz whenever complicated technical matters have to be explained in the way that everybody understands. So we are talking about how technology, innovation and change should be communicated, what special things you should consider when interacting with your customers virtually, and what are the typical mistakes corporations and professionals people do, including myself. So enjoy this refreshingly outspoken episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Sarah, taking a look at the long list of things you have already done in your life, this list would be... I think plenty sufficient for somebody who's 55 years old, but you're not. Your familiar face from your past as a television presenter, your presence from events and videos on which you show that you are frighteningly competent in tech stuff. You are the host of the official podcast of Mercedes-Benz, another podcast with Sasha Pallenberg. You have your own platform called Tech Well Told. I could go on forever. Long story short, You're probably a prime target to be called an influencer, but still I know that I would lose your sympathy if I would do exactly that. How does this fit together? Yeah, I think that sounds surprising for a lot of people that I don't like um, the expression influencer because mm -hmm. I think it's something very negative. I mean, to influence someone means, um, in a, I think for the German ones, they, they don't translate it somehow. <laughs> so they don't get what it really means. I mean, for me, it's influencing someone is pushing someone uh, in one direction and I'm not pushing someone. I don't want to do that. That's not a, not a good value for me. I want to lead uh, people, uh, but they can freely choose if they want to follow. <laughs> so that's a better way. Um, for me, it's not an influencer is always um, it's targeted on their person. And for me, I don't want to um, yeah, put the spotlight on my person. I want to put the spotlight on the topic. So I don't influence someone and I don't want to yeah, like um, put myself, myself into the light and say, I got it, just follow me. I want to tell the people, follow those topics, shape those topics together with me, discuss them. So maybe I'm more like a topic leader than an influencer. So since influencing or an influencer is, is a communicator in itself, we were talking to the about communication, it means obviously that influencing or the way most of influencers act is a way which is not really helpful in gaining what I may call something of a long-term trust between the person, between the person and the one who is communicating. Is this correct? Yeah. I would doubt that that um, influencers are really um, communicators. I mean, some of them, they are. I, I'm not against those people. Mm -hmm. I'm just against 
um, the idea of influencing something. I, I mean, there are a lot of people out there who really made great things and, and have great communities. Um, so the, the Twitch people, they are always like nerds and they're, um, they're really um, hyped for some for, for some topics and I like them. But on the other hand, we have some influencers and I think that is that what comes in mind in the mind first. Um, people who are, I think, presenting them themselves in a very unnatural way uh, with a lot of filters and with a lot of uh, codes uh, where you can uh, yeah, buy something. And this is the wrong way. They're not communicating. They're just presenting themselves. And that is a big difference. So I think that is the, the worst part you can do, telling the people that everything is, is great and awesome and how great I am and how, how I do what I do. So where's the other one? So communication is always a thing between two people and they are often talking just about themselves. And that is nothing which can build trust. I have to mirror the other one to tell them, I can understand you. Maybe you have got the same problem. So let's have a look how we can fix that. That would be build trust and something like, oh, I'm here and I'm eating a lot of cool food and look how fancy this hotel is. How can I build trust with that? That is just, I don't know, blinding the people, in my opinion. You're right what I say. I once was also called an influencer, which was, I was quite uncomfortable with that yeah, because yeah. that's not what I... I, I, I see myself maybe being an influencer is a result when you obviously in the past have proven that you have good ideas, that people can listen to you, can trust you, and, and or you have best practices that help people. But you are absolutely right that having having it as a goal to become an influencer for inf for that sake of that what what we connect with this millennial 21st century word influencer um probably is is the worst idea to start off yeah That's right. And I mean, that is that is a funny thing. I, I hosted a conference yesterday and there was an expert on a panel and he uh, asked a question. That I found that very interesting. He asked, uh, if you ask the people here, the, the, the young generation, let's say between 12 and 17, something around that, um, when you ask them, what do you want to be in the future? What do they say? What do you think? I think some, I'm afraid some said influencer. Yeah, a lot of them tell uh, that they want to be influencers. And if you ask the, the Chinese people, what do you think what they want to do in the future? I, if, if you ask me like that, I, I think they want to become something that actually makes more sense. Yeah, maybe just have a, a guess. What do you think? What could Chinese people want to become? This is this is this is not easy because I I know by far not enough about about Chinese and the, the culture. I may assume that they want to become maybe they have a, a private part of of becoming something of a fulfilled person. Mm -hmm. And from a professional perspective, they probably may be like most of people like us become. Let's say gain a certain wealth, have something of a certain certain position which helps them to feed their family and so on probably it's something like that and uh, they want to be a spaceman <laughs> how this, cool this is, is that yeah. this is much better i think it, that is cool i mean what on earth is a life just with a camera speaking into a camera uh presenting themselves in awkward positions and they yeah. say uh i don't give a damn i want to fly into the space i want to see the world from up above how cool is that i was i was overwhelmed with that answer and i thought this is cool i, I also want to be a, a spaceman i think i i wouldn't stand the the um power in the in the space so i think I'm not strong enough to do that, <laughs> but I would love to see the space uh, and the and the world from up above. How, how cool but, is that? But but that that's quite quite an interesting um, way because first you are an astronaut, then you can be after this an influencer like Chris Hadfield or something <laughs> like this. There that yeah. there are people who have a accomplished something, b and b talk about things that actually make a lot of sense. I think this is something where then in the end your communication gets more gravitas and you are an, actually an influencer with um who actually people listen to yeah and not just watching um what are your latest tiktok videos or something yeah. like that 
I mean, when you have a look in the past, uh, into the past, the people uh, who got influence or, for example, it's a good, it's a good example. Today, there are a lot of people who call themselves, I'm the keynote speaker. In yeah. the past, there was just one keynote speaker, the, the person who mm -hmm. opened uh, an event, uh, a congress, what, what else you name it. And today, people are um, keynote speakers for, I don't know, if, <laughs> I mean, everyone can call themselves as a keynote speaker, and I don't get it. I mean, the target is to get an influencer, the target is to get a keynote speaker. And in the past, the people who really had something to say, who really... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, push something forward, some mm -hmm. topics or innovations or development, they became um, keynote speaker. And the, it was not a target of them. Uh, it was just, I think, a process. They, yeah. they did something very well, and then they became a keynote speaker or an influencer. And not, the target was not, I, I want to be a keynote speaker, I want to be an influencer. So I have my topic, and I focus on that. And during that process, I, I become a keynote speaker. It's not a not a target. It's not a job. Actually, and this is this is an inter interesting point what you say because the ne as next point I would have asked you what from your experience would be or would have been the top three worst cases <laughs> in communication from your experience, but let me start with that because uh, let me jump on what you said because I absolutely agree with you what the term keynote speaker means um because in my from my opinion the best keynote speakers have always been those who beforehand had the or showed the ability to listen or to be able to listen so the keynote was spot on the worst keynote speakers i've experienced interestingly come a lot from let's say the tech background because so many people mistaken the let's say the 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 the, the quality aspect of being a good keynote speaker by telling a fancy story at first, but do, they do not really care if this really fits or not. Because when you have, let's say, one of these uh, tech guys telling you or telling a customer who's, who's maybe coming from, let's say, construction, from a construction background. I had once this case. It was a customer, Austrian manufacturer of construction company. So Austrian plus construction. This means like this is something of a, this guy has a double version against BS. Yeah, you know that. But this guy still who was having, a, giving him a keynote um, was telling about that Nike case, um, the full configurable sneaker and something, things which absolutely did not matter to him. Yeah, so he, he was absolutely unimpressed. Yeah, big fail. And and by this, I think um, a speaker. This is, should not never be one-sided. This is to to tell about my worst cases or my worst case experiences and what I've learned. You always can be just a good speaker if you show at least the same competences in listening upfront. Mm -hmm. Yeah, communication uh, starts with listening, and it continues. It's like. It's like an application, like an app in the background. You always have to listen because um, speaking of those top three you mentioned, um, this is probably one of them. I mean, if you have a look at the companies who are starting uh, communications or, or already in the communications on the social media, they always talk about themselves. And yeah. if you have a look at the website, you see the same picture. We, about us, our products, and that is mm -hmm. like, where am I? I'm the customer. You always talk about that bullshit word, uh, customer centricity. So if you really, uh, if I take you really by word, where am I? I'm not yeah. on the, I, I'm not on your main page, which, which yeah. is the whole page, which is your website. And I don't exist there. It's just you. It's all about yeah. you. And this is the communication. Companies have two stadiums of communication. First of all, they communicate. Second of all, they wait to communicate. So those two uh, things. So this is the first worst case of communication. I start always um, with myself. I talk about myself. That is, I think, a funny. Um, it's a funny example if you um, try to convey that to your everyday life. I mean, um, think about you going to uh, an electronical store and you want to buy just I don't know any piece of cable, and you step into that store and. Uh, 
the um, seller comes to you and says, all right, welcome to one of the biggest electronical stores here in the region. Uh, I want to show you our new, I don't know, iPhones or something like that. And here's uh, our employee of the month. And this is our history of the store. Um, and you stand there and say, all right, just guy, wait a minute. I just want to buy a stupid cable. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you go on a website. They don't ask what problems do you have? What issues yeah. do you have? And this is one of the first um, worst cases I have. The second one is um, also funny thing. Um, if they really want to present their solutions, they start with their solutions. And there's always this marketing bullshit in there. Uh, one example, if you're sitting at home in your home office and you have a cup of coffee, for example, and then you you throw the coffee on your floor and there's um there's a um what's a stain yeah yeah a stain um and you have that stain and you can't go out and maybe you had have a stain on a carpet on a white yeah. carpet yeah just make the worst case you have a coffee stain on a white carpet so exactly. what do what do you do it's it's sunday afternoon no stores are open what do you do Probably most of people will take a look in the internet. Yes, I would do so because I have no clue how to solve the problem. My grandma, yeah. she had known what to do with every kind of stain, but yeah. I have no clue. So I would go yeah. in the internet and Google something like coffee, uh, as something like reduce coffee stain uh, carpets. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Alexa, help me. Uh, Alexa, help me. And... The funny thing is, if you look at the communication of the uh, companies, what do they tell you? Here's our new solution. Uh, here you have the, I don't know, what is the word they always say? The mega action, oxy pearls, and that you can fix every stain. No one on earth would Google in that situation, mega action, oxy pearls. Yeah. Because that is probably their solution, but... Uh, obviously not your problem so they start with their fancy solution and you as a customer you sit there and say i, I don't know what you want from me i mean yeah for, for some reason um you don't think that way and maybe this solution could be the perfect fit for your problem it could be i mean that mega action oxypurse could work for your coffee stain but it's too far away from your problem and you you're not able to understand what they want from you. So the companies make a mistake by starting with their fancy solution, with fancy marketing words, and not just by naming the problem. Mm -hmm. So that people can understand, oh, this company or the solution can help me in my situation. So this is the second one. And um, the third one, maybe a third uh, mistake, which is always happening. I have no clue which agency on earth was responsible for that stupid idea that uh, explanation videos is a good thing. What do you have after an explanation video? What what? How can that help you? You understand something, right? Yeah. Next, are you able to do it? If I, I if I explain to you how tennis works, could you play tennis? It doesn't work. I think they should all um, they they should stop making those explanation videos because it is not helpful for the people if you just explain it you're not able to do it so maybe stop doing explanation videos and start making enabling videos how do you do it? the diy thing um this is something very helpful do it yeah. yourself where do you see the difference between explanation videos and enabling videos? Because you're absolutely right. YouTube has probably become, let's say, for at least for grown-ups, the central educational platform. When you, probably from everything, when you want to, to build a, something for your kids or whatever, you first take a look at YouTube. Yeah, what does yeah. YouTube tell me? And then you see other amateurs who obviously have done that, hopefully at least once, and tell you how to do this. But yeah. you're right. This is not really enabling because probably the, the result you get out of this uh, is still crap. So yeah. what, what do you think could have been better in that aspect? It's not bad to give the people an explanation, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. It's very helpful, but you can't stop there. And that is the problem with uh, explanation videos because they stop when they finish the explanation. But then you're sitting there. Let's take the example of um, of tennis. They, they 
explain you how the tennis game is working with all those rules and I don't know what and you need uh, you need uh, equipment and everything and stuff yeah. like that but afterwards you have no clue how to start it yeah. and if you have a look at your customers I mean uh, especially something like digital world like uh, engineering like uh, IT specialists they have the problem day by day they want to explain to the people what is possible with their software and they stop it uh, they stop the the, the um, communication process with um, the explanation that's a, that's the ending point for them I, I explained it to our our customer yeah but he's not able or she's not able to do it so start enabling and that is something very important so you can explain how it works but then go through the process step by step, like a manual, like a guidance. You have to explain them. Okay, if you want to play tennis, start with that. Start with, I don't know, uh, just do a training session. Go on a court, you can borrow the equipment you need and then maybe start with the first exercises and they are, I don't know, I'm not a tennis pro, so I can't tell you, but this is what you have to do. And if you mm -hmm. want to convey, for example, a new, especially new things, this is probably uh, the most... Uh, uh, yeah, important uh, problem. They just explain what fancy things you can do with that new solution, but they don't explain you how to do it, how to start. I mean, especially in the in the IT world, how can I implement that new tool into my existing uh, IT infrastructure, for example? Do I have to stop things? Do I have to um, set up new things? And this is a very, very big issue for all the people. They they just explain. They don't help the people. They don't guide the people. They explain it. And they think, okay, job done. I want to go now into each of one what you said, because those are really perfect examples. Um, the first one where you were talking like we tell in the industry itself, especially you are right, the, the tech industry or everybody who is doing something with technology, I think is especially in danger to do that, especially when uh, social media comes in. And when they are talking just about themselves. Um, Michelle Correa Templin once called the way we behave and corporates behave, especially like in social media, as always putting corporate selfies on air. Yeah, when they say like, um, yeah, look how great I am, show how great I am, look how fantastic I treat minorities and so on. All, all these kinds of things, which to be honest, when we're talking about, let's say, customer centricity, I have not really this kinds of they say connection to it. How when you would have the possibility to say, okay, let's design, uh, let's say, a corporate social media strategy that absolutely works. Where would you put your emphasis on? I think that depends on the company itself, but. Um, doing some posts about how the trainees are decorating the Christmas tree is truly not helpful. Yeah. Um, I think it's really the first thing you have to do is target not just only the personas. I, I don't know what personas are. I mean, this is Paul. Paul is 43 and he loves uh, playing tennis. Huh? How can yeah. I help him with my solutions? Um, don't, don't do the persona thing in my opinion just do the problem thing start and thinking where are the problems so if you know the people out there have coffee stains on their carpet start there tell the people there are several coffee stains uh, i know you panic right now because this maybe was a very very expensive target but first of all do that thing and afterwards do that thing so if you want to really um Get the attention of the audience. You have to point out and target to the problems. Don't give answers to non-asked questions. This is the first rule. And before you start in doing some selfies and telling the people that it's great that the trainees are decorating the Christmas tree, which is, of course, nice. nice. Mm -hmm. That doesn't interest me. It, it, um, it's maybe more for the people. So you have an intranet, use it like there, but not outside in the world. So start with the... Start with the problems and start, no, not start, stop being afraid of using the word problem. I know. Yeah, I wanted to jump on that, right? Because you, you use a word where you, 
you you get weird looks when you use it today yeah, it, in just, communications. Just, Everything yeah, is just, now a challenge, not yeah, a problem. This is the point. You just get those uh, yeah scared looks when you are saying problem in a company, yeah. especially in big groups, because they thought it is a good idea to change the word problem into a challenge because that sounds better. Mm -hmm. Problem is, it doesn't matter if it sounds better. It's still in real life. It is still a problem. Yeah. Um, I give you an example. If you're in the water and um, maybe you're you get drunk, uh, drunken. Yeah, you you drown. Yeah, drown. Yeah, yeah, you drown. So, <laughs> and you're drowning right now. You won't shout out, "Help, people, help! I have a challenge." Um, you would say, "Fuck, guys, I have a problem." I don't know if I can say hmm, the word, but you would say that. I mean, this is a tough and a strong word, and it signalizes yeah. all the people. Here's something happening, very, very important. I mean, think of the. Um, the very um, famous word, Houston, we have a challenge. challenge. <laughs> no, we have a problem because yes. it signalizes the, the other one. I need help. And the people who are having real life problems, they don't feel like they're under the, the other ones understand them when they say, I have a challenge. Yeah. Because when I have a challenge, um, it sounds like, yeah, I, I have a challenge, but I'm totally fine. And if it if it works, it's it's cool. If it not works, it's not it's not bad. So yeah. and this is not the case. The case is that the people have problems. Please stop that. Don't tell the people that they have to use the word challenge instead of problems because they don't have the feeling that they are understand by other people and so the, the key here is tr in truth more or less just do an honest description of the situation yeah. Yeah. yeah that you can build trust and you can get trust if i'm totally open to you and I, mm -hmm. I tell you alexander i really have a problem i don't know how to do it i can't sleep about that problem mm -hmm. because I, i i'm staying awake at night and i'm thinking i'm thinking and, and i'm afraid that i can't do it Would you say, okay, um, have fun with your challenge? I think you would help me. And this is the most important thing, especially in times like these, that we have some kind of key teamwork here, a functioning teamwork. And this could only work if I tell the people how I really feel. And, and especially I, I should be allowed to tell that because mm -hmm. when I have the problem, that is a big pressure on me. So I'm, I'm at, at work with a lot of pressure in my head, on my shoulders, and I'm sitting there and I'm very stressed all the time. All the time I'm stressed. So I can't really um, go out of my uh, office and say, okay, here are other people, other ones want my help. Of course I help them because I have the feeling, go away. I have my own problems and I'm not allowed to tell the people that I have problems. So the teamwork, that is quite a, a very important thing. You reduce the um the teamwork if everyone is sitting there having the problem having so much pressure not allowed to tell that that is a double pressure if i have got a problem that is one pressure if i can't tell people how i feel and that i need help that's a double pressure and you you're not willing to help other ones if you feel that double pressure all the time you can't concentrate on it you think okay i i don't know how to how to fix that problem and i can't ask for help because i'm not allowed to I have to put those. I know that always the um, companies have those those uh, flashlight system for the projects, mm -hmm. and I'm not allowed to put it on red because my uh, boss politically not wanted. It's yeah. not wanted. What yeah. is that? Mm -hmm. The people feel like okay, they're joking with me. Mm -hmm. I have those stupid flashlights, but I'm the maximum is I can put it on on yellow, but I feel red, so I feel misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And that is the worst problem. And it gets worse and worse every day. So please let the people tell their problems, let the people name it a problem. And then you can, you can, it's more trans transparent. I know a lot of companies have those values and transparency is one of them, but that should also count for communication. And it doesn't often. Yeah, in, in fact, it may be a bit dishonest if you at first uh, talk all the time about transparency and openness and so on, and then you are stuck in something of a, of a pos positivity trap yeah. yeah, where you allow just to communicate it in one way, It's especially when you are when you want to sell something because you have a solution for a problem, yeah, which is your business model. It's, 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 you have the far better arguments if you really treat the things as what they are. 
problems. You solve problems, uh, not just yeah. challenges. Yeah. yeah. The, the second part, what you said, uh, really was working well into that because you said we, we first talk about our offerings, which is like a doctor not really interested in the problems of his patient, but really coming in like, look, uh, sit down. That's that, that's a medicine we have here. Yeah. Very often, especially the tech industry, is not really interested in the issues or the problems or however you call it of the one you want to sell to. They just want to open up their their bills of materials um, and uh, tell them yeah, what they offer them. Mm. You, you see a strong interconnection between these kinds because we do not want to talk about problems. We are pulling too far back and communicate just like from our position. Yeah, that's that's what I meant with uh, my examples, and uh, this is a good. <laughs> this is also a good example with the doctor. I mean, if you go just to the doctor, and the doctor tells you we have this new fancy medicine here, and there's mm -hmm. AI involved, and tells you something about that great new medicine, and you think, okay, stop! I didn't tell you anything about my symptoms. I want mm -hmm. that. You do some kind of uh, yeah. My arm uh, is hanging down. Yeah, <laughs> what is that normal? Should I be afraid of it? Must I die? Exactly. There are so many questions upcoming in my head when I'm uh, at a doctor. And if they, if the doctor would just tell me something about that fancy new medicine, I I would feel uh, totally misunderstood. So um, this is this is really something you um, you point out very well. It's all about um, yeah, communication is not an ending product. It's not a product. It's a process. And especially for the guys at SAP, um, you have very complex products and solutions. So if you just focus on the selling point and you say, okay, I want to sell that to my customers and then job done, they wouldn't buy twice because they think, okay, now I have that, now I have that medicine. Uh, every good doctor says, okay, I see you in a week and we make a checkup and look how you how you feel, look how your development is, if you feel better. And if it's not the right thing, I mean, please uh, say that's an opportunity. It could be the right, it could be the right or the wrong solution. So you you need to do the checkup. And communication is also a checkup process. You always have to ask them, is it still working? It's no matter if we decided once that this is a good idea, we have to check up if you can work with that, if it's causing a problem. And this is something people have to understand, especially in the in the marketing and sales process. It's not buying and selling products. It's about guiding people through times, processes. I mean, look at this year. So many things have changed. Maybe your products from last year are not working that way you wanted it to work. So maybe you have to check up on your customers. And this should be a systematic process. Communication is often communication, but it's not often very systematic or very, let's say, um, People don't think about communication very often. I give you a good example. Maybe I jumped into another topic. I'm sorry about that. No, no, that. do it. This <laughs> is your episode. You uh, are the guest. Speaking of um, naming things by word, uh, I have one um, one thing which is not good by naming it, and this is the word change. A lot of people talk about change in their companies, change, change management, change process. The funny thing is, first of all, they always say, you have to do the change. <laughs> It's Please change, but start with you and not with myself. Um, this is the first thing. And the funny thing is, change is the worst word you can use to really get the change done. Fun fact Uh, 80% of the people are change aversive. That means they really hate change. This is something brain research uh, researchers found out. And if you name it by word and say change, we have to change. If you do a good thing, you say we have to change. But still, yeah. that is the worst. Uh, that is the worst case because when the people are aversive against change. That would be similar to the situation if someone is afraid of spiders and I would tell them in every single sentence, I say something with the spiders Spider. are here, spiders are. Yeah. 
And what, what is happening is that <laughs> the brain is firing like, oh my goodness, I have to die, spiders, yeah. spiders, spiders. I'm so super afraid. And they can't even listen. Yeah. I mean, you would say, um, we have to pass the spiders. And after the spiders, there's big treasure for us. <laughs> they won't even hear the word treasure because they just hear the word spider, 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 because our mm -hmm. brain is functioning like that. Mm -hmm. We're not looking for opportunities. We're looking for problems because we want to survive. Our yeah. brain, that's the same hardware like thousands of years ago. It's the same hardware. Maybe we have new software tools, but the system, it functions the same way as in the, in the Stone Age. True, true thing. So we're not looking for opportunities. We are really looking out there for problems because we want to survive. If we want to, we want to skip those problems. We want to uh, solve them to survive. And we want to use less energy to go to the next step, to go to the next day. Um, it's all about saving energy because saving energy means surviving. And if I tell the people something about um, change, even when I say, and after we change, we have those beautiful paradise at the end, they won't even hear the word paradise because they're still struggling with the word change, change, change. Oh my goodness, I have to change. And they always think they have to change themselves and not just their behavior. I just have to, I have just have to do things differently. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change. You, please stay as you are, Alexander. Really, I, I'm not the person who can tell you that you can, that you should change. Please don't. Please Thank stay you. the same person. I mean, if it's raining outside, would you change your, I don't know, your physical uh, um, uh, appearance? You wouldn't. You just take an umbrella and go outside. This is the same version. If it's raining outside, you don't change yourself. You just use another tool. You do things differently. You don't walk out without a, an umbrella. And that is the same thing. If you want to lead the people through a change process, which is necessary, to be honest, things are quite uh, yeah, moving fast out there. It's especially in the last eight yes. months. Yes. So you really have to do things differently. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm totally with you. You have to do things differently, but you don't have to change yourself. You have to do things differently. You have to use different tools, but please stay as you are. This is really a message out to everyone who's listening. Please don't change yourself. It's totally fine as you are, but maybe you have to change the way you work or sometimes the tools you have to use, but you don't have to change yourself. This is not what they want to tell you. Was this what we talked before about this positivity talk? Was this maybe then a result of that that people realized okay maybe i should not talk about change because they may that may scare people so i no, talk no, about there's, positive there's, chances yeah, but, challenges. No, there, but this was as wrong as, as the other thing because yeah it, yeah yeah it, it but, but they used to they use the word change that is that is the, the funny thing they're not afraid of using change um, but this word is the worst word you can use. Um, but they are afraid of of telling, uh, uh, of letting the people tell that they have a problem. The funny thing is, I um, as a moderator, I often have that situation that uh, I'm hosting, for example, big conference or um, conferences with uh, dealers, for example, uh, in, in the automotive sector. And you know that there's some that there are some issues between the OEMs and the dealers. Um, traditionally, yes. <laughs> traditionally, yeah, <laughs> by natural. Um, and they have sometimes, um, they're afraid, first of all, people are sometimes afraid when I say I want to ask that question no you, you you're not allowed to ask that question. this mm -hmm. is a this is such a bad question because we have those troubles with those dealers and you can't ask the question and then I tell the people okay all right just one second are you afraid that I ask a question and I would cause that problem or are you just afraid of putting the cards on the table because mm -hmm. that problem is existing out there. If I ask the question or not, it is existing. Yeah. And the worst thing is, is uh, you can do is ignoring that because it's still always firing in their heads, like the, the, the uh, spider uh, thing. They have the problem and they are they don't care what you think and what you want to say. They have just this one big issue in their head. So the brain is firing all time. Um, and targets this issue. And if I don't talk about that, they already feel misunderstood and they won't listen because they say, she has no clue. She has no clue what I have to do with what my problem is. So I won't listen to her. It's all bullshit what they tell me. Yeah. So you don't cause anything 
by naming things by word. They are already there, already existing. The, the best thing you, is, uh, you can do is put them on the table, talk to them. Maybe the honest way is, I know you have that issue and we're really sorry about that. And we try to fix it, believe it. We try to fix it. We, wanna, um, we want an exchange with you. We're doing this conference just to solve that problem. But please be a little patient. We need time because this is a huge problem. You know it best. You have it every day and we need some time to solve it. But we're on our way and we want you to help us to fix that problem. I think everyone is listening right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, of course, some some might be afraid uh, because of that uh, kill the messenger issue, which <laughs> obviously exists. Yes, but from what you say, from, from my experience, I've never had bad experiences with telling no. things like it is. Yeah, because you always get more trust. You get always the connection between the people that you search for so hard doing customer yeah. interaction. You want to build up a connection between you and the customer. And you yeah. do not do this if you um, start this off with that, let's say, positivity talk like we, we are selling. You, you, you do that if you are honest, if, if they know that um, this guy know, or this woman knows what she or he is talking about because she probably has listened in the past. She knows the problems I have. We talk on the same level. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, um, this is, <laughs> I think it's the old way of, of uh, leading, of being a boss. That, that, would, that is what bosses do. They tell the people that it's no problem. We don't have a problem and I'm the best. Um, this is what a boss does. Leaders listen to their audience and they are aware that communication is a give and take principle. And for me, there are some really awesome leaders out there. And what they use is the principle of um, vulnerability. If I have the feeling that someone is open up, uh, opens up your heart to me and I have a full transparency of how this feeling, uh, how this person acts, how he feels or she feels, I will trust that person. And on the other hand, I won't punch them in the face because if someone shows their vulnerabilities, just like someone is lying on the floor, you won't punch them. Mm. That, 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 that's a rule. That's a society rule. You won't do it. So first of all, I, I had to learn it as well. Um, I'm, I'm kind of the strong women out there and I don't want to show my vulnerability because I think as a woman, I ha a woman, I have to be strong. Yeah. This is bullshit. I am strong if I show my weakness and I tell the people, all right, I've got really some issues and hey, guys out there, 2020 was a really shitty year for so far, but now uh, there's a tipping point and it's getting better and I want you to know Everything can will fall in place eventually, so stay, stay strong. So I show the people, I give them something. And then this is what I call the give and take principle. Um, then they are willing to, um, they take it and they are willing to give me something back. And this is what leaders should do in every single situation. It's always a give and take principle. Uh, principle. If I don't give anything, they They can't take anything, so they won't give me something back. It's always give and take. And as a leader, you have to start giving. One aspect which I also maybe are really interested in, communications, like we said, is about two people trying to connect some way. Like, for example, us at the moment. We are having a conversation. And although, of course, this podcast is audio only, we see each other. We are soup. Yeah, I, I see you when you're talking. Yeah. You see me when I talk. Because this helps the communication. But still, of course, this is something different from, let's say, from, from an atmosphere, from, from a setup, as if we would sit on the same table, like watching ourselves face to face. Of course, now with COVID, we are doing everything virtually. There are virtual events yeah, where people watch other people talking into a camera. And probably even when, when, when COVID is gone, things will be not again like they have been before, but we have, of course, a higher rate of or higher number of these kinds of virtual events. Um, what kind of differences in communication does it make, in your opinion, when we are sitting in front of each other or where we're having something of a live event in contrast to that virtual setup where we're mm -hmm. just more or less communicating via lines we are silicon we are the ether mm. 
Um, maybe the people already have recognized that I'm kind of a communication nerd. And one of my favorite topics is how does communication work in our brain? And I already mentioned that we have this, the same hardware as in the Stone Age. So we we need for our um, communication system, we need other people. We need mm -hmm. the social um, connection to other people. Fun fact, our brain is not developing if we are not in a social exchange. This is really something which is programmed in our brain. We have to exchange so that some uh, areas of the brain can develop um, themselves. Therefore, you have to do the social interaction. That is why, for example, babies need, really need their mothers and they need their touches because that activates some areas in the brain. And you see the people who have problems in their life, uh, social problems, they often have a bad childhood because they weren't hugged or something like that. And this is what how our brains Uh, work. And the second thing is, so we need those social exchange. That is why we are so afraid of being at home and why these are so hard times. I mean, obviously we're sitting at home. We're, we're still, a lot of people are healthy. We have food. We have a, we have a, a roof over our head. So obviously there's no thing we miss in our life, um, but we miss hard, very hard, our social interaction. And this is so important for our brain because we need it that our brain can work and work and work. So we need it constantly um, to exchange with others. And uh, the thing with the virtual um, conferences is it's just two senses um, out there. We see each other and we watch it, each other. But there are so many things more our brain normally needs for that social interaction for, like, example, sounds stupid, but smelling, touching. Mm -hmm. If you, if you touch the people, that's a funny thing. For the German listeners, you all know Thomas Gottschalk, the famous talk show yeah. host. He touched everyone. I mean, Rihanna was sitting on his couch and he was touching her knee. Hello. Mm -hmm. In times like these, hashtag me too. But he did it very well with those little tiny um, touches. It, mm -hmm. it was not, I think he didn't mean everything else with that. <laughs> it was really like he wanted to create a connection. And the people on Thomas Gottschalk's couch, they were talking about everything. And the reason um, they did that was just by touching them a little bit, making a connection. You don't have to touch them, but you, if you go near to the people, if you make uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know, um, a, like a private space between mm -hmm. you, that's what I do. Um, if I have very important persons like the boss of, of, of a company, I try to uh, get close to him. I mean, that's a big problem right now in Corona times. But if I'm standing right next to him, really like next to him, first of all, fun, fun thing what happens often is that the people, they are uh, pulling back themselves <laughs> yeah. because they're afraid and they think, oh my goodness. But second of all, I, I, I'm very uh, resistant against that. So I, I follow them and At any point, they stop um, escaping that situation and they just stay there. And then they they calm themselves because they, they feel, okay, she, she's not an enemy. Mm -hmm. she, she won't do me something bad on stage. She's my friend. And this is what happens when you're really close together in one room. Uh, fun fact, if you want to tell people something very important and you're standing really on site together with them, tell them those very important things into their right ear. Our right ear is the, the right side of the brain. We can um, save those informations way better than on the left side. It's such okay. a funny little hack, but it is. And this is the next problem. I mean, you have more like the Dolby surround when you're sitting yeah. in, your, uh, in front of the camera. So this isn't working. It's a little tiny hack, but it's not working. And all the other things I told you with, uh, uh, if you want to come close to each other, or if you want to smell someone, this is so important. It's it's not something we recognize while we're doing it, but it's it's working in our brain. So like, it, it adds up, of course. Yeah, the yeah. whole experience is, is, is different when you get these, yeah. let's say, additional sensory events yeah. happening yeah. with you. Yeah. yeah. And one last thing I want to mention is uh, everyone knows that. And the first steps, some, as, I mean, with my company, I, I uh, also have a, an own company. We worked remotely 
since I don't know years from the from the very first beginning. I mean, if we do some shootings in our studio or on location, of course not. But we can work remotely, so it wasn't a big deal for us. We just um, made a decision. My my business partner and I we made a decision and we say, okay, now we stay at home, uh, and now we just uh, meet once a week in in our office, and that was just a decision. But the funny thing is, for those who started those video conferences, maybe they they recognize that the first thing they did. The camera is on and the people do what? They look at themselves. Of yeah. course they do. Yeah. Is my hair perfect? How do mm -hmm. I look like? Is the, is the light good? Oh my goodness. Is yeah. that also something in my face? Is that happening right now? Oh my goodness. I look stupid. So this is what happens all the time. You focus on, on yourself because that is how our brain as well, once again, is working. We always look after similar things so the most similar thing in life is myself so yeah. if you're walking down uh, on a shopping mall there are the windows and they are fully packed with a lot of products and you walk by and there's just one window everyone is taking at least a brief look into it and that is the window where you can mirror yourself the best because you see oh there's something moving like me there's something just looking like me oh that's me hi Uh, is everything fine? Uh, okay, just walk away. And this is what happens. So we have to really, yeah, kind of uh, force ourselves to don't look at our picture, but on the pictures of the other ones. This is really, yeah, it's, it's uh, for the first time, it's really uh, a tricky uh, task. Absolutely. And and I, I was I was sitting here now for the last minutes and, and really ticking the boxes like when I say yeah this is right this is correct this is right. because especially when you have something of a zoom conference or so and you have so many people and of course never nobody looks into the camera which is which yeah. would be odd in many cases but you you tend of course then to look which face shall I look at since there are so many faces and in the end so often automatically you end at your own yeah, because yeah. you also want of course monitor your own movements the way you talk the way you speak but um Like you said, for, for, for building up the connection, this is not really helpful. One last question about all that. When companies now do virtual events, um, quite often you, sometimes it's more obvious, sometimes less obvious, you find out that, hey, this keynote I'm, I'm watching now, this is not live, this is a video. Yeah, mm. because what, what, try, what tend companies to do, With the same bling bling, they they try to um, impress you yesterday by great looks and everything's polished now and so on. They of course try to do this now virtually, and of course it's easiest if you prepare it and do a video instead of doing it live, which may be a little bit more risky. Of course, life is always a bit more risky. You may um, say words like us, like hmm or something, which is not really 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 polished. Um, what what is your What is your recommendation in, the, in that case? How should companies build up such events? How should they communicate in that? Live? I am a fan of doing things live. So we could have streamed that already live because I'm not afraid of making mistakes. I always ask myself, and that was a good uh, um, advice of a colleague of mine when I was uh, working for this TV uh, stations. I always were um, afraid of, I always was afraid of doing mistakes. And she said, if you're afraid of something, ask yourself every time, what is the worst thing that could happen? And if you really think through that process, you will recognize the worst thing that could happen in life in that situation isn't that bad at all. I mean, what could happen in a live stream? What, what really could happen? Someone um, loses the red, uh, so like me right now, someone has no words for it, so someone don't know how to continue, but how worse, how bad is that really? It yeah. isn't really bad. And you can prepare yourself. And actually, it's not happening. I do so many events. I First of all, I always was afraid of having this blackout. And I, I had one. I mean, it's not a question of, If it's happening for a moderator, it's the question of when is it happening? <laughs> and yeah. it happened and it wasn't that bad at all. I, I think I asked one question uh, twice, but <laughs> at the end, um, my brain is working. So it's still mm. this feeling out there and this, this, this uh, fear that 
something could happen and that could, could destroy everything. I mean, there are some topics when we have some uh, issues or topics which are relevant for um, the legal department. I wouldn't do it that spontaneous and, and live, but you can also, you can still do it live. I mean, there are some, some sentences you can say, which mm -hmm. are not in any way, uh, um, yeah, diff difficult. There are some sentences like, yeah, dear customers, we know you are um, confused right now and we want to bring some light into it. Please beware that we can't uh, tell you everything right now because there are, I don't know. So you see, there are some sentences I can tell the people every time. There's no legal issue in there. But these are the only um, things I wouldn't do without having a real script because legal things are tricky things and, and the lawyers are standing in your back. And I yeah. wouldn't do that as well. So this is the, the only thing I, I would do um, without a script, without uh, really like doing step by step and knowing how to say it. And maybe it's good to have a lawyer on your side who can answer those questions as well. It doesn't have to do the, the CEO every time. It could also do the, the lawyer it's, uh, himself. So maybe this is a good combination for those live stream things, uh, letting the lawyer speak himself. And um, so you do just a hello part <laughs> and the, the empathizing part. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, normally I like life very much because in times like these it's the only thing to create something like a connection yeah if the people have the feeling that they are involved in something they have the feeling that they are, there is a connection to you because if someone yesterday i hosted that, that big virtual conference for a customer um and i used slido and they used it very actively so <laughs> i had the chance to ask their questions and i named them and i, I said something like Uh, Mike is asking, <laughs> and I think the people out there, they say, oh, this is my question. Yeah, this is me. This is me. Oh, yeah. she's, she's asking my question. Yeah. Let me hear what the people say. So you're uh, like uh, hyped in that moment and you're much more closer to us than if you just watch it and we do our things because that wouldn't be the, um, that wouldn't be the communication we want to have. That's just one, one side is talking and the other side is listening. That's, uh, that's not a communication. So um I always say communication isn't a one-way thing. It's always yeah. two sides. So um, do so. And the other thing is um, videos are a tricky thing. I know that because it's my everyday's work together with my company, Arvin. Um, we do that. And it's really tricky because you have to uh, think through the whole process. You have to uh, foreshadow the questions the people could have in mind. I mean, if I tell you something, there are questions coming up in your in your brain. And if you want to know what I mean, just look at those cool, very cool blockbusters. Um, for example, like Star Wars or something like that. They really want to tell a logical story. For example, if they've got power and they're stuck in a room uh, and someone thinks, okay, why don't you use her, her power to, I don't know, to... Um, the firepower or something like that and and just bomb it all away um and the people who are writing this um storyboard they have to be aware of that question which comes in mind when you look at this uh, when you watch that scene so they um have to say something like there's a magical cage around them so they can't use their power so mm. otherwise the people would think so why don't they just use their power and go away so this is the thing i mean you have to think uh, uh in the future what could be the questions of our audience yeah. after i told them that after i told them yeah. that which questions are coming up and i i can take that as kind of a a line and uh, answer those questions so every every video video uh we we don't like the commercial videos we do the um, editorial things and this is what a journalist also does uh, thus if if he or she tells a story um you have to think about all those questions that people have in their mind when you tell them this fact there are other questions coming up so you have to solve uh, to answer them then coming to the next point so it's like a a little journey of questions when you do a video. And this is something which is so tricky and a lot of people are not aware of that. They want to tell the people their message and their new solution, new product, and they are not aware of the questions which are coming up. So I, coming back to that uh, example with, this, uh, with the movie, if they won't say, hey, there's a magical cage around them so they can't use their power, I think I would stop 
uh, watching that movie because I think this is so stupid. Yeah. I mean, they could just go away. They could use their power, go away. What a stupid movie. It does movie. not fit together. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happens when you stop watching a movie. Something isn't logical for you. Or my, maybe it's also boring. That that could also happen with those uh, company videos. But if the movie is not boring, but you you uh, um, stop watching it, most of the time there's something which is not logical, and you you stop watching it because you think, "What a stupid movie! This isn't this isn't logical." I stop. I, I quit. I go. To wrap this up, when when I look about everything what we've talked about about now and what, what I've learned from you now. I think there is always one word which is a bit in the bag, like, like a hashtag behind all these these things and the messages that, that you sent. And I think this was a really huge pledge for being authentic in communication. Is this true? I would doubt that as well because <laughs> I don't like the word authentic. So okay. this is cool. This is you're closing the circle right now, uh, starting with the influencer thing and uh, ending with that authentic thing, which is also linked to the influencers. I hate that word. Why? You, you destroyed does, uh, my story arc, right? Which I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is what is that for a reaction? This isn't an authentic reaction. This is a natural reaction right now mm -hmm. because. In one way, it was authentic because you said, oh, damn it, you destroyed my story. But um, this is what I tell the people. If you, I think it's a wrong understanding of the word authentic. An ape on a tree is authentic. That's true. And if we like authenticity that much, we, we should like that ape so much because he's all the time authentic. He doesn't care or she doesn't care <laughs> about anything. Just sitting on the tree, doing what that ape wants, and this is authentic. Um, that is not what we want to do. I mean, if I, it's it's <laughs> eleven o'clock in the morning, and if we sh we uh, would have done that uh, session uh, on seven o'clock, my authentic version uh, of myself yeah. would be, "Good morning, Alexander. What on earth? Why did you decide to do it that early? Are you insane?" <laughs> so this would be authentic, but this is isn't good for my brand being natural means oh good morning alexander you are kind of an early bird right now so i have to tell you i'm not i'm a little bit tired right now but i'm also but i'm uh, looking forward to our conversation that would be natural because i tell the people i'm not kind of that early bird guy i i hate being up in the morning um but i'm still looking forward to that conversation because it is so so this is honest This is natural, but this isn't authentic because if you wake me up in the morning at seven and want to do some conversations, oh my goodness, I hate it. I really hate it. Don't talk to me uh, before I, I had my first coffee. And that's true. You, you, There are people you don't want to have authentic. Yeah. Which is sometimes the better idea. But at least it should be, like you said, natural, which is in, let's say, some guardrails that help to bring over your point. Yeah, that, that, that's right. That's right. That yeah. sounds better. That sounds better. <laughs> I okay. mean, a, a very good example uh, to, to end that session <laughs> uh, is uh, Donald Trump. Thank God 2020 did something right. Um, <laughs> finally, because finally. Donald Trump was super authentic. Was that right? No, it wasn't. You have a function. And in your function, you have to do things. And as a president of the United States, I don't care about his mood and it was authentic to present his mood and his ideas and his uh, view of the world but that wasn't helpful it wasn't helpful i mean if he said okay guys i think that america is uh, pretty good uh, prepared for it that's fine but if he he always said some things who were really um they he heard it a lot of people Uh, with his authentic being, with his ignorance, mm -hmm. and if you are in a in a position, in a higher position, don't be authentic because the people, your team, doesn't care if you slept uh, bad badly uh, this uh, this night. You just have to be there and ask for them. I mean, you can be honest and you can say, "Guys, I'm so sorry if I I uh, I am a little bit uh, grumpy this morning. I please don't mind. I had a really bad night because." My child is ill. I don't know. Uh, so please be a little bit patient with me in the morning. But authentic would be I go in and say, don't talk to me. 
I had a bad night. Don't talk to me because this is what I feel in that moment. And this, this would be authentic, but not helpful. If I'm honest, that's totally fine. And if I'm natural, that's also totally fine. But I have to, I have to be in my position and my function. And that isn't always the authentic version of myself. That argument got me. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, the last point I will do not please see it as a revenge <laughs> but um, I will ask you something what what probably influencers are often asked and but you do not want to be an, an influencer but still people obviously after listening to all these great insights that you gave us want to follow you where can they do that best uh, I hope that someone is still listening <laughs> <laughs> it was like a firework of information i'm so sorry sometimes those are, those are the best episodes uh, yeah sometimes i sit there and i think oh this is a good idea oh this is a good idea oh and there's a there's a bird over there <laughs> this is how <laughs> my brain is functioning it's firing really that hard um i would love to um connect with your people and not follow please don't say follow please don't follow me please connect uh, with me um you can do it best way on uh linkedin This is my platform where I, uh, which I use uh, most often. And um, if you've got any questions, of course, you can reach out to me this way. And uh, yeah, if you want to get some insights about um, home office, of course, that would be for the German speaking people, uh, the podcast Stubenhocker with uh, Sascha Palmberg, which is all about those transformational home office, uh, home office things. Maybe that's, that's interesting. But yeah, Ariane, don't follow me, just connect with me. Definitely. Thank you very much, Sarah. I hope you have a great day. Great to thank have you, you so here. Thank you so much. There were fantastic insights. So thank you very much. Have a great day and stay healthy, of course. <laughs> Likewise. Bye. Bye-bye.